Welcome to the Cade Wilcox Podcast. I'm Cade Wilcox, your host, and I love small business. I love the leaders who lead small businesses. I love the the journey of starting a new company and figuring out how to manage uh, people and culture and vision and operations and finances and sales and marketing. And so on our podcast, we feature local small business owners who are in the trenches and doing the work and we learn from them what's going well, what's not going well, things they've learned throughout their journey. So thanks for joining the podcast and enjoy learning from others who are in the trenches and doing the work. A saying we have the stores, it's easier to get weird going if you dress like you're already there, Hmm. right? And so if you aspire to be the CEO, appear like you're the CEO. You know, whether that's in the way you speak, whether that's in the way you lead, whether that's in the way you dress, it makes a difference. Jeremy, thanks so much for uh, joining my podcast. Uh, you've, you've been a good friend for a while now, and I'm a customer of yours. And so it's fun for me to uh, host you on the podcast. And I'm excited for yep. other who listen to our podcast to get to know you a little bit and uh, also learn um, from your kind of unique role at HG Thrash. So for those who don't know Jeremy Hamilton, they don't know who HG Thrash is, uh, why don't you give a little bit about your background and, and tell us about you and your family? Yeah, I'm happy to be here and thanks for inviting me. Um, yeah, so, you know, I'm Jeremy Hamilton. I grew up in Idaho, Texas, West Texas boy. You know, moved away for a year, Texas roots, you know, brought me back here. And, and I've been in the clothing business since I was 18, 19 years old. Um, so I've been doing it a long time. Been at HG Thrash, which is a locally owned men's store uh, since 2009. Uh, so my last couple of years in college and then stayed on full time since then. And, you know, we truly we truly are a a, um, you know, a men's only store. You know, they're not to say women can't come in and shop, but it's just yeah, sure. exclusively men's from from sportswear to tuxedos. Um, we sell everything. And so it's it's fun to to. Um, you know, be a part of our customers' lives and, and, and events and um, just create friendships and, and uh, be a part of, of, of a special group of people. And so it's, uh, it, it's been a lot of fun. That's cool. Did you ever think when you're in high school, when you were in college, that, uh, you know, being in a business like a men's clother uh, would, 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 would be in your future? You know, it's funny. It's uh, so, you know, like you, Kate, I grew up in the, in the um, kind of the sports center era. Right. And so growing up watching those Dan Patrick and Stuart Scott and those guys um, on SportsCenter that were wearing suits and, and talking about sports. Those are two of my passions. You know, I love sports, but then I, I, I kind of caught my eye and growing up, I always thought, you know, I'd love to have a job where I got to wear a coat and tie every day. Hmm. Never, never imagined that it would be in this capacity. You know, it, it was it was um, I didn't know exactly what it would be, but I just loved from a very young age, I love the look of somebody wearing a suit that, that is, um, you know, just been something that's always caught my eye. So whenever I was in college, um, I was encouraged by my mother to work a retail job. I had worked at a golf course in high school and, um, at a feed store at the end of my high school year. So I'd always been in a service industry, but she encouraged me to get into retail. And so it just kind of morphed from there. And then I look up and I'm selling suits at Dillard's at age 19. And, um, you know, then I went to the shoe department a couple of years later and, 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 you know, here I am 
15 years later and, and um, you know, managing HD threshold here. So it's, it's been a quite a journey, but, you know, I've just always been intrigued by um, style and fashion and, and, and just kind of the look of a coat and a tie. You know, this is, yeah, that's really cool. What a fun, fun journey. Um, this is an interesting question I have for you. So our audience for this podcast is small business owners, you know, men and women who, who have started their businesses, running their businesses, they're in the trenches. Um, and, you know, they're, they're doing the hard work of, of, yeah. of running their company and growing it. I, I'm, I'm wondering what, what you would say to someone like that uh, about why, you know, image, and I don't, I don't mean a vain image, right? Like, I don't mean an ego, but like, why would image or maybe a better way to say it, presentation, you know, why would that matter? Uh, regardless of whether it's a professional, like legal or accounting or finance or, or, or if it's a carpet cleaning company or a service oriented company, like why, why do you think after 15 years of being in, in this type of business, yeah. presentation matters regardless of whether you're a teacher or, you know, whatever your role is, like why would presentation matter in, in your humble opinion, 15 years into being in the men's clothing business? Yeah. And so, you know, I'm, I'm going to answer this and, and try to, to, to word it in a way that doesn't sound self-serving because, it, you know, no matter how I word this, it, it, it kind of will. But I, I just I, I, I know in my heart of hearts and I know humanity and, and our humanity is, you know, right or wrong. We judge people by by the way that they appear, the way that they speak, or the way that the just just the moment we come in contact with somebody, we make a judgment. And and the more put together, the more um, you seem like you've got it together, the more people will will trust you and follow you. And and um, I tell the story to anybody you know that comes in the store and will listen to me pontificate for a little bit. But um, just an example of that, you know, we we were in New York and flying back, and and um, I was in the airport. I was young, didn't have this was TSA pre-check had just started, but we were Howard and I were in New York. He had already gone through security. I'm standing in general boarding, but I have a suit on, and a TSA agent comes and grabs me and pulls me up through through pre-check and I get to skip all the line and I'm like what in the heck just happened well you know it's it's because in my opinion it's because of the way I was dressed you know mm -hmm. it made a difference I didn't have my pajamas on I didn't look like um you know I just looked like I had it together and, and um, so you know we a saying we have the stores that it, it's easier to get where you're going if you dress like you're already there mm -hmm. right and so if you if you want to if you aspire to be the CEO appear like you're the CEO you know, whether that's in the way you speak, whether that's in the way you lead, whether that's in the way you dress, it makes a difference. That's really good. I think the really important thing for our audience is to understand is we're not advocating everyone wear suits and ties. No, 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 no. I think not the impression, I think the, the, the point of what both of us are trying to say and communicate the importance of is the impression. You know, something I've always admired uh, about Carpet Tech, for example, you know, a local company that has carpet cleaning and restoration is that their technicians dress very specifically. They are in black boots. They're in black Wranglers. They have their shirts tucked in. They are wearing black they're hats. They're clean and they're, they're pressed right, and they're, right. they're and the presentation. Huge, and right, it can be it can be in a it can be with a golf shirt. It can be with a sport coat. It can be with a suit. But just your your uh, impression 
you only get one chance yeah. for a lot of times. And so your first impressions are key and, you know, it, it makes a difference in how you're going to be perceived. Man, I love this stuff. I could talk about it all day because, you know, if you're an HVAC guy uh, and you you show up and your truck's beaten up and, you know, you, you your tuck, shirt's halfway tucked in and, you know, you haven't got a new work shirt in six years. And so the one you has is stained and, you know, your hair is a mess. And, you know, that's my first impression of your business. You may be the best HVAC person in the world. You may yeah. offer a, a wonderful service but it's hard to take you serious if you don't take yourself serious. So it's uh, it, 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 it matters. And the thing I well, love it, about this conversation, Oh, go ahead. No, I just, I think it impacts your work too. I mean, if, 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 if it's just, if good enough is just good enough from, from the first impression, then it's going to be good enough for the duration of, of the relationship with the work. And so I just I think there's a correlation there. You yeah. know, you, you hear athletes talk about, you know, look good, feel good, feel good, play good, all that kind of stuff. Like that's true. You know, and the better you feel and the more serious you take yourself, the more serious you'll take your business. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And it, it really is the small things. I mean, someone could be listening to this and maybe their challenge would be, well, all right, this is, this is really overthinking it. This is really over the top. And I would argue that there are a bunch of small things in life and that the more of the small things that you do, the more successful you, the, or the more you position yourself to be successful. And I would say that this is, this is one of those small things that when done well, again, regardless of what industry ends, a big deal. So that that's, that's fun. It's fun, fun to think about. And it makes me want to come to HE Thrash and buy that coat you're wearing right now. There you um, go. I, I love that thing. That looks, that looks good. Um, talk a little bit about your journey of, of kind of growing up in HE Thrash. You, you, you mentioned that you moved in there, you know, in, uh, I think you said 2009. Um, and so what, what does that journey look like from kind of the beginning stages to now where at one point you, you were probably just a low man on the totem pole, you know, just, just, you know, working for Howard. And now, you know, given my relationship with you, I know that you, you really help run and lead the store in a unique way. So what's that journey been like for you? Man. Um, I give Howard a hard time. You know, it's, I, he, he interviewed me three or four or five times and, uh, you know, in, in my tenure there, I'm probably the only one he's ever done that to, but you know what? So I give him a hard time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I started, so I did about three years at Dillard's and, and, um, which was great. It was a great, um, to kind of learn some skills and, and to, to, um, cut my teeth a little bit and, uh, just got tired of the, the big corporate aspect of, of, of that side of retail and wanted to do something a little smaller and, and a little more family owned. So never been in the store, go in and, and applied. And, and I was still a college student at this time. So you know, it's hard to get your foot in the door as a salesperson, mm -hmm. even though that's really what I wanted to do. And um, so I started off as a part-time salesperson working 30, 40 hours a week in college. And um, just, as you said, I was a low man on the totem pole. It just, and, you know, would hardly, pe you know, people would come in there and would hardly let me wait on them because I didn't know who I was. They didn't trust mm -hmm. me. And Howard had built those relationships. And, and that's what we're in. We're in the relationship business. And so, you know, I, I, I'm very competitive and it, that really, really kind of got those competitive juices starting to fly. And so mm -hmm. I would get angry. Sometimes I would get frustrated. I would get mad that, that I couldn't sell anything um, just because I hadn't been there long, long enough. I hadn't earned my spurs. I hadn't, I hadn't gained that trust. And so after, you know, it, it took a little over a year, maybe closer to two years before I really started gaining some traction. And then it's more since then. So graduated college and, and um, was offered 
a position to stay on full time and and um, just with the idea of more salesperson, not really as a as a management person and and um, just really took the ball and and, um, and ran with it. And it's we work really well together. Howard and I have a great relationship. Um, it's it's been fun to to learn the business side of it um, and, and to kind of know what's going on behind the scenes as well as be on the sales floor and get to get to do what I enjoy. And, and that's part of being a part of people's lives. That's really cool. You mentioned, you mentioned sales and then you, you said you were in the, the relationship business. So something that I'd love for you to elaborate on is like, how, how do you view sales? Because that, again, this is a small business podcast and I think it's really relevant to our audience uh, because the vast majority of people I've interacted with who in their own business don't really enjoy sales. You know, they, yeah. they want to do the other things. Uh, and so maybe, maybe uh, elaborate on, on your approach to sales and, and what you sure. mean by you're in the relationship business. Sure. You know, whether, whether we want to admit it or not, we're all in sales. We're, every day we're in sales, you know. And so um, the fun part for me is, is watching the relationship develop and, and getting to really be impactful in people's lives. I get to be a part of people's weddings. I get to be a part of people's big celebrations, big monumental things of their lives that they need to get, get outfitted for. And I get to be a part of that. And in the middle of that, I get to be friends with, with some really great people. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it, it goes, we don't get to do that without the sales part of it. And so we are, we are a, a sales organization, but we, we, we get to focus on the, on the relationships too. So, yeah, I mean, I love it. I love getting to, to, you know, going back to talking about New York earlier, going from to market a year before something, you know, a season in advance and, and going and picking it out and seeing it come to fruition, getting it on the sales floor and then showing it to people what I picked um, out on the sales floor and getting it in onto people's backs. And so cool. it's, it's, it's really cool to see it come to fruition. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's, but I enjoy the, the friendship relationship part of it just as much. That's cool. What would you say the most challenging thing about helping run a business is like, um, yeah. What, what would you say is the most challenging thing that you've, you've experienced or, or that you, you know, routinely experience? Wow. Um, that's a great question. Um, what's the most challenging, you know, it's, it's, um, for the most part, Howard and I think a lot alike. And so we, we can run things by each other and, and, and we're sounding boards, but there's a lot of times that you have to know when the time is right to speak up and when it's time to sit back and let, let the CEO, let the president make the, the final decisions. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the buying part of that is, can be a challenge. Sometimes I'm going to push in one direction you know, he's got a vision just like I do for what, what we're doing for the store and, and his vision may, may be separate from mine. Mm. And so it's just kind of knowing the give and take of, of when to push and when not to push and, mm. and um, when to trust that, that, um, you know, he's, he knows, he knows where we're going. So <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's the competitiveness of, of, you know, you know, I'm stubborn, just like, like a lot of people are. And and I want my opinion heard. And and I think that my opinion is the right one. And and a lot of times it's, it's, you got to sit back and, and um, be mentored and learned and humbled and, and, um, and just let him take the wheels because at the end of the day, it's his company. 
Yeah, that's cool. Thanks for sharing that. What's one of your favorite things about, uh, you know, working alongside of Howard and growing this company together? Like, what are some of the things that, that you really enjoy about the journey or the process? Yeah, we're, we're a family. I mean, it just, we really are. He was, he was in my wedding. I mean, it's just, um, we're, we're a family and he's really taken me under his wing and, and mentored and, um, challenged. And, and, um, it's, it's such a great relationship. I love, I love what I do. I love, I love going to work. I love, um, you know, I've talked about it being, being a part of people's lives. I love the, the challenges that, that come along with it of, um, trying new things and bringing in new products and, and, um, just growing. And, um, it's, it, you know, we, we have our challenges and our issues and struggles just like every company does, but you know, we're headed in the right direction. And so it's fun to do that together with somebody that's like-minded and, and that, that you think of as family. Yeah, that's really good. I feel like every business in the 21st century is a service business. It doesn't matter if you're Amazon or it doesn't matter if you're a product company, it doesn't matter if you're a service oriented company, like service, right? The experience yeah. that the customer has with you is like really important. And I feel like as a customer of yours that you're really good at service. And so I would love to hear kind of, you know, what just philosophically, you know, your approach to service is, maybe what you've learned about service, maybe some times where it didn't go so good and what you learned from that, yeah. maybe some things that you kind of go back to time and time again, as you, you know, you are a service business. And so maybe, maybe share a little bit about your thoughts and, and what you've learned on, on service and its importance. Yeah, for sure. You know, this is, um, that's what keeps us alive really at the end of the day and, and what sets us apart from, from online and, and, um, all, you know, the, the other companies that are competing against us. And, you know, it's, I was having a conversation with a guy yesterday of the only way we're going to survive going forward is, is being outstanding at our, our service, being responsive, um, just outworking everybody else, you know, and just answering the phone, getting in front of people, not being, not shying away from that part of it. And, you know, it's, we have our, you know, we're humans. And so, you know, it's, we make mistakes all the time, but if we do what we're supposed to do, if we are on our phone, if we're calling people, if we're um, going above and beyond to make the experience better, you know, the business will take care of itself. But, but in today's times, People are, are shying away from the phone. People are shying away from communicating. And, and um, it's, it's what we have to do to stay alive. You know, mm -hmm. we've, we've just taken on a new venture of, of a mobile vehicle where we can use it for deliveries, where we can go to other markets around us within, you know, several hundred miles and we can take product to them. You know, it's, it's kind of a, a, a way to make it more convenient for shopping. You know, we're thinking outside the box and doing things that, um, you know, in today's world where it's, it's so easy just to click a mouse and and get something delivered to you. How do we combat that? And so, you know, it's um, we're just thinking of ways we can do business differently. But if if we outservice people, companies, whoever, if we if we know if we do what we know we're good at doing and we do it very well the business will take care of itself. Mm. That's really good. I, I love some of those things you talk about in terms of accessibility, promptness, uh, you know, owning mistakes, working hard. You, you talked about the, the mobile unit y'all just started, you know, being innovative. Never thought of those things as kind of a total package of what service could mean, right? Service isn't just like one thing, but it's, it's, it's multiple things that like, you know, in, uh, 
that really define what your service is. So that's, that's really interesting. I appreciate Yeah, that. it doesn't just stop at the cash register. And I think a lot of times for a lot of companies, that's it. You know, it stops at the register and, you know, it, you, you've got, you've got to, that's when the work starts to me, you know, when you, when you, you buy something that needs to go to the tailor shop and you get it tailored faster than what you've promised and you call them and you deliver it or you just, that's when the work starts and it can't just stop at the register. Mm, that's really good. What, uh, what's your approach to planning? Do you, you know, you've mentioned, you know, people don't want to f- make a phone call anymore. Oftentimes they don't want to come into the store, you know, Amazon's, you know, made one click buying pretty simple. So when you think of, when you think of the future, you know, how, how do you guys plan and, and how do you, how do you, you know, be who you are? I mean, it's, it's interesting about your business because it, personally, what I like about HD Thrash is the, the romanticism of it. Like it hasn't, it, it hasn't changed. It isn't changing. And yet you live in a society that is re- changing very fast. So how do you, yeah. how do you hold on to that? that kind of ethos that makes you who you are while strategically planning and being innovative and moving into the future? Like, what does that look like for you guys? I I just, man, I I think you just have to have a vision of where you're going and, and you have to lead your customers, you know, in a a world where everything's getting more casual in, in a world where it's getting easier and, and there's less, less formality, you know, how do you, do you lead your customers? And, and, and the truth of the matter is guys are looking for, and girls, you know, people are looking to be led and they're looking for a vision. And, and so, you know, we guys love what we do. A lot of them don't like the process of doing it. So how do we make it easier? How do we, um, garner people's attention and, and, and get them to come into the store and, um, and so I think you just have to be true to your vision and, and trust that, that the direction you're headed is in the right direction. And, and um, having a, a product mix that, that um, you know, maybe people aren't expecting, but, um, but know that it's, you know, it's, it's headed in the right direction. So it's just you got to be true to yourself and, and, um, and lead. And it's lead by example. And, you know, it's we're always going to be a store that wears coats and ties. We always are. However, the sportswear part of our store is growing and it's, we'd be naive to admit that people aren't wearing as many coats and ties, Hmm. but you know, how do you combat that? Well, we, we, we sell great products that, that can go casual, can go dressy. You know, it's just evolving and, and, and adapting to the times, but staying true to who you are. That's cool. Yeah, it's really good. My last question is for you, you know, you have a lot of customers who are business owners. Um, again, that's our audience here. Um, and so what are one or two things maybe you've learned from over the last 10 years of serving business owners, you know, what are some things you've noticed or observed about them, um, that really kind of stick out to you? That's a great question. Um, you know, it's, it goes back to the impressions that we talked about at the very beginning. You know, you, you don't, you, you have a, a, you have a short opportunity to make an impression with somebody. And so, um, taking advantage of that, um, being persistent, being, being present and, and catering to their needs. And, and a lot of times it's listening. You know, I think, I think for a lot of, um, driven people and, and focused people and, and, business owners it's it's 
they have a direction. They have they have that mission. They have their their direction that they're headed, um, and maybe they're not as 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 quick to listen. And so I think it's you know it's it's um, being able to to listen to somebody else and and um, challenge them to think a little differently. And um, but you know I think we live in a great part of the world that that. Um, you know, guys, guys are here to support you and walk along with you. And, and, um, they want you to succeed. And, and that's rare. That's rare. But, but the community that we live in, they genuinely care about our success. And so, um, it's, it's cool to walk alongside leaders of our, of our city, um, leaders of our, our community in, in West Texas and, and just, uh, impact people's lives. And, and, um, but, but to do that in a way that is, is, with humility and, and, and being able to listen to, to uh, somebody else's point of view. Yeah, that's really good. Well, man, thanks so much. This is, this is really good. I, I, I was really excited about this just because it comes from a different perspective, you know, given yours and Howard's partnership. So thank you uh, so much for, you know, the, the insights that you've shared and, and for joining the podcast. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, thanks for, for, you know, liking what we do and, and, um, and for uh, your friendship. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, man.